It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Whoa. How about them Cardinals? Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks as always for making your way here. Checking out the series. I, I do hope you hit the subscribe button while you're hanging around. Uh, I do three new interviews every single week. New and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones at iTunes and Apple Podcasts at Spotify and Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org. YouTube for the video versions or anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. That's me, Kyle Meredith, once again talking with Ed Roland of Collective Soul. This time we get to get into their 11th album. It's called Vibrates. Uh, Ed's going to take us through writing a collection that finds him searching during a time of political and in, in the environmental turmoil. Uh, we'll discuss his style of songwriting, channeling his heroes like Elton and McCartney, Jeff Lynne, Tom Petty. Uh, then we're also going to go back to 1997's Discipline Breakdown. It's the 25th anniversary of that record. Just earlier this year, they released a, a deluxe edition on Record Store Day. Uh, we're going to hear about the courtroom drama that preceded it while they were breaking up with their manager, as well as writing the song She Said. That one would eventually make its way to the Scream 2 soundtrack. And we get a preview of the, get this, three albums they've already recorded, along with the fourth that they'll be recording in January. So much more music on the way from Collective Soul. So let's do it. We're talking Vibrates. It's Kyle Meredith with Collective Soul's Ed Roland. Wow. Good night. Thank you. Great interview. <laughs> <laughs> All you need. All true words right there. I sincerely believe that. Thank you. Very, 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 kind, very kind words. Thank you so much. Yeah. And it just proven even more on this new record, uh, Vibrate, once again. I mean, it's top to bottom. There's some surprises in here. We get the, the old Collective Soul uh, sound on a few songs, too. I mean, it, it's quite the adventure. And 
I don't, I don't know. I mean, is there a general story? Because, I, you know, once you get this far in your career, you know, so we're looking at you know, nearly 30 years of this band and, um, you know, whatever number album this is, you know, does it ever become, all right, here's just the next record. We have a great group of songs, but, or or, or do you find that there's still a process and a story that goes into to creating something new? I think there is a story with us because we've been consistent on making music. So I think it's a time and place of where I am in my life. And there's been a couple of times I presented a record or, a, uh, you know, 10, 12 songs to the guys and are like, no, nah, you know, you're just not there, you know, not being mean, you know, just be constructive criticism. And it's my job to write the songs. And they were like, you know, you can do better. That's happened a couple of times. But I think most of the time it's like where I am in my life, what I want to write about and where I'm spiritually, musically, all of the above. And it, it just seems to happen in that moment, if that makes sense. We don't sit around uh i don't sit around and remember songs from 10 years ago and kind of refresh them or anything like that it's really happens at that moment case in point uh january of this year we went to tybee island and i told the guys i said i wrote this whole record on piano and i really something i really always wanted to do and i said you know y'all give me one week to be out there by myself and i'll play the piano and get the orchestration right and seeing, and if it's something y'all feel good about, it's cool. But if not, I, I just, I just want to get it out of my system. And they came in and they're like, yes, if we're doing this. So it's a piano record basically. And, but, but it was where I was in that time and space. And they, they, they see that they realize that, and, you know, I need what I call their fairy dust to be on there to really make it shine and be magical for lack of a better term. Um, so yeah, we, we really, I go, hey guys, got a batch of songs. Here we go. And like I said, only two times have I been struck out. <laughs> <laughs> and somewhere deep dark in the vaults lie those songs, probably as well. That's uh <laughs> Yeah. And hopefully deep dark down in the well, because I they were right. I listened back many years ago. I found them and I was like, hmm, they're they're pretty wise men in the band. They, they were it was horrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But you gotta let those evil spirits out, man. Yeah, you know, I was gonna say let's let's hear about where you were because so when I hear this album, you know, listening to it straight through and trying to grab that big concept, it does seem almost like an album where you're searching, and and you know, and and that's what I grabbed onto anyway. Very, very fair to say, good good ears because uh, you know it was uh, before the pandemic. It was a lot of political crap going on. I'm not a political person, but. It did seep into your life. I don't care if you didn't watch CNN, Fox, or ABC, whatever. It just felt like society was just getting uh, divided. And I, I felt like, man, we all need to chill out a little bit. You know, that what's that one song on there? Uh, Searching for is based on that. And a lot of it was written at the very end of our tour, which is the most excruciating, tiresome point you can have in a life when you're out on the road for four months and you miss your family um just looking around that's what it was just looking around that song mm -hmm. uh for political and once again i don't i don't play political political games and then um the conversation with was written toward the end of our tour where literally i said like will dean jesse or johnny could have written that song you know you just it's a, a redundant day in a life activity type thing so you know i seem to write about what's happening to me directly or indirectly and that's where I feel more comfortable sometimes I can 
I've gotten lucky a couple of times and written stories, you know, but I'm not a guy that can write about Jack and Diane or, you know, Johnny down on the dock. I'm not that songwriter. Mm -hmm. I don't have that in me. I kind of have to use uh, personal uh, situations, I guess. Well, there's one line um, in the song Reason, and uh, it'd been catching up to nothing, catching up on TV shows. Like, wow, you know, if there's one song and there's one lyric that really summarizes those last couple of years, like that does feel like it. And and to hear that most of these songs might have been written pre, but but you know, w- with a line like that, that was written. That was written right at the beginning of the pandemic. You know, because nowhere to go, nothing to do, and you just sit there and you know veg out on TV shows. You're like. Man, what happened to society? What happened to life? What happened to my friends? <laughs> what happened to live music? Yeah. Well, that, that's the, that's what I'm getting at too, because I think, you know, as we come out of this and we're starting to hear all of the work that has been done over the past couple of years, I remember it being a question is like, like, what do you write about when you're doing nothing? You know, how do you come up with inspiration? You know, and every, everybody kind of chose their lane, but I don't think I've heard any lyricists completely nail the head on exactly what that was like as a line as simple and as poet still as poetic as that right there oh thank you well i was catching up on seinfeld you know it was a show about nothing so i was doing nothing so i thought i'd write a song about nothing <laughs> <laughs> i watched all of that one all the way through during that i i did the same thing it's uh it's so funny i mean it's you know, I try to read as much as I can, but I quit reading a lot. I really got addicted to the TV and it's sad to say, but same time, fun. I, I watched like Santo, just caught up on shows that kind of brought me joy, you know, kind of take you away from which music you do and so should TV shows, movies, it, it, you know, it's an escapism. So I I didn't mind it as much. I, I mean, I'd, I'd much rather been on a stage somewhere but and watch Seinfeld on the bus, but you know, that was <laughs> so- a choice I was given. Where Did I Go closes out the album. And it's one of my favorite moments. And this is one of the times where I thought, this doesn't sound like the collective soul that I, I'm, I'm quite used to. You know, this this felt like it did stretch out into some new places. Um, who are you channeling here, if anyone? Or, and how did this one come about? Really was getting into, once again, when, when I, not that I'm never, I'm never sad, but when I'm bored, I really go back to who I grew up listening to, which would be, of course, Ellis Elton, The Beatles, ELO, Jeff Lynne, Tom Petty. And I really, it's kind of a mixture between Jeff Lynne and The Beatles. And I wanted, or Paul McCartney, because he used to write songs. It's like he put four songs together and made it one song. So I tried to, I really wanted it to be where I think the three parts of the track could have been individual songs. I could have expanded them and made them, mm-hmm. you know, the cornerstone of a song. But I was like, no, let's just let's do these three, and I just kind of experiment a little bit. It was, it was a lot of fun, and, and to me, the last track on the record should be a little experimental or leave something, whether it's emotional or something like you go, "Hey, I wonder what they're going to do next time." Those moments there, I mean, I, I could bring up, uh, you know, throw the dart at the track list, uh, and and have something like back again, uh, the way it's that slow burner and breaks into this whole classic rock thing right towards the end. Uh, I'm hoping that's one of them I'll be able to see live because that feels like that's one of those that really does come alive out there. We were doing, we decided that we were going to do a EP. We want to do covers, two covers and two originals for Record Store Day. And so I picked the one I love by R.E.M. and Opera Star by Neil Young. And I had uh, whatever the other song is there. And I'd not 
So while the boys were recording the other three, literally that day I wrote that song and we recorded it in like two or three takes. It was just a really one of the most magical moments we had. We don't take a lot of time recording anyway. We put Johnny, our drummer, and then we horseshoe around him and, you know, we learn the arrangements and then we go. I mean, it's a song a day, but that one was done probably the quickest we've ever done. Like literally I showed him the song, we did three takes and that was it. And we were like, and, and we were kind of exhausted because we've been in the studio for two straight days doing the recording of the other songs. And I remember waking up the next morning going, how did we do that? What did we do? And how did we do that? It was awesome. <laughs> it's one of my favorite moments of the record. Uh, sometimes the magic happens, right? It. I was kind of getting into, I was like, let's let's try like a, because we were tired again. Hate hate using that word or dislike using that word. Because uh, we've been in there for two straight days. And I just needed that other song. And I was like, let's just make it dreamy, Lordy-ish. And, you know, once again, I'm, I'm a part of, I think, one of the best rock and roll bands ever. These guys just pick up on it immediately. And for some reason we can, you know, it's one of those things like that movie, What About Bob, when they kept telling the father to go apologize to Bob and he couldn't do it, but they met eye contact and he just went, and it's like, nothing. you know, we have that connection and we should, we've been doing it for 30 years, you know, mm -hmm. I've seen those guys more than I have my wife or two wives combined <laughs> in my life, you know? <laughs> and we'll be right back right after this shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples uh, I, I live in Kentucky in the Midwest and allergies yeah I suffer when I say I suffer from allergies I suffer from allergies and around here everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Collective Soul frontman Ed Roland. You mentioned uh, Record Store Day. I want to. Um, I did pick this one up this year. Let's see. Yeah, there it oh, is. Nice. Nice. Yeah, twenty fifth anniversary. This seems like in that in that crazy run that you guys went in in the nineties. There, where it was like thirty records in two days or something. Whatever you all did, but uh, that one's that's such a strong record. But it always. I know it's got the complicated story because that's the it's the courtroom record if you want to call it. As some people have called it that. It's sort right. of the one that gets lost in between. You know the the self title one and what would come after that. I, and I hope you don't mind revisiting it just for a second. Like what is what. To, yeah. What defines that album for you? What 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 defines that era when you when you think about it? Honesty. You know, we listened to it as a band. We're on tour this summer, and we just kind of reminisce and just the honest lyrics and the honest production because we recorded it in a kitchen. We were on a in a log cabin on a cow farm because we weren't supposed to be recording, and we thought we were making demos. Is on these old ADATs. and when we got done, I was like, that's just that's just the way it was supposed to be and just to me I thought it, it was the beginning of me to start becoming comfortable with my lyric writing um the band's always been to me able to surround the music and words I do but like it was the most, it was the first time I was like you know what it's okay to write honest about myself and the situations that I'm in because I think everybody's been in those situations to be honest with you and and at the end of it hopefully you know show hope says a lot about your songwriting um, demos, because looking at the first record, how it's like collection of demos and there it becomes, you know, the breakthrough. And then this one, like, I don't know what that I says mean, about you, but you records, got something. Two of them. Yeah, first two, three records, two of them basically were demos. <laughs> Should have got a four track and been like Springsteen and done Nebraska or something, got on the tour bus. I mean, that's the only thing I'm missing right now. <laughs> But, you know, just hearing about the stories, you know, what you can tell, what you can't tell, you know, especially breaking up with your manager at the time, going through the courtroom stuff and and then seeing words on there. Like, I think that's what makes a song like forgiveness. I mean, I don't I might be taking that out of context, uh, but mm-hmm. but but seeing like that's it's it's really surprising considering what was happening, that you can write a song called forgiveness at that time. Well, we were, we were raised, you know, my our, my dad was Southern Baptist minister. Jesse's father was a minister. Of course, Dean's my brother. You know, so we kind of grew up in that. And uh, the manager was extremely important to me uh, as not only as a manager, but as a human being. He was, uh, without him, I wouldn't be here Zooming with you. Like he believed in me. And it was just a, you know, it's it's weird to say it was a really emotional breakup. It was no different than a marriage. You know, he was my pal and I trusted him. He trusted me. We were, you know, and then, you know, I just always go back to my pops, you know, if you can't forgive, don't expect anybody to forgive you. So it's one of those things. I just, I, I always try. I, I don't succeed all the time, but it is in the back of my my mind to, to forgive because I want to be forgiven. I'm going to screw up. I mean, how many hours in the day? Oh, hell, I'll say about seven hours to screw up in this day. So, and, you know, 
I, I just, you know, just from the faith that I have, that's kind of the beauty of the faith and I believe in that you ask for forgiveness and you're, you are forgiven. It's just that simple. Well, it makes for a really powerful moment on that record. And that record has just so many. I mean, the way maybe has really become its own hits, you know, over the years. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's just like I said, it's an interesting story. I mean, here you are at that point. You're one of the biggest bands in the world. And did you feel handcuffed at the same time? No, I've never felt handcuffed. I uh, once again, I go back to like it was the beginning of me understanding uh, the forte of what I have as a songwriter, and that's writing what I feel, not writing a hit song or not writing a song for someone else or how they. I really wrote how I feel, and that was, you know, at that moment I was kind of reflecting on people that it that it influenced me in my life, and the song was written by a friend of mine, Kip Browning, who, who had passed, and. Um, I had produced his record and it was called maybe. And I was like, it was just in honor of him and what he, how he had influenced me and how I missed him. I wish he was around to see that success, you know, that we were having, you know, what people thought we were having, which we did, we were having success and it was, it would have been uh, a blessing to have him around. So it was just my way of just going once again, you know, thank you. Well, that uh, record uh, also produced one of my favorite songs. Uh, ended up a B side. I don't know if it came in the same sessions, but she said, which ended up on the uh, the Scream Two soundtrack, which is just an incredible soundtrack that I still listen to these days. Um, Thank you. Yeah, and I've I've always just wanted to ask the general story about that song because I absolutely love it. And you do have an alternate take on the deluxe edition of the this album right here. But but where did that one come from, and how did it end up on on that soundtrack? There. Uh, um... At the beginning, I'd had that song for a while, and it was one of the three songs where I, I did Good Night, Good Guy, She Said, and Love Lifted Me when I was in the studio doing demos, you know, just trying to figure myself out in the basement. And I remember those three I did like in a week or two, and I was like, man, I'm getting the songwriting thing down, I'm trying to fill it out. And um, kind of just channeled what my mom went through. My papa was an alcoholic, recovering alcoholic, I should say. And he ended, he ended up getting a great man, World War II veteran. And I, it was the first time I was, uh, uh, I guess, just comfortable enough to write about something I knew and felt. And like I said, that took a long, and then everything went everywhere. So I'd had that song around for a while. And actually, we were going to put it on our second uh, recording, the Collective Soul recording. And then I wrote... Uh, world i know and we decided man she said such a great song let's just put it in the back like we got that hit we got that one and um then we did dosage and we had recorded it and like the geniuses that we are we said oh we'll just make this a hidden track and after we did that i was like what a moron i am and uh, so we kind of shocked it around to the movie. So finally it got to somebody who was like, oh, that's a good song. Let's let's do that. Even the ones that you just keep pushing off and kept pushing off still. You're right. It's it's a classic song. It's a hell of a great Thank song. You. I mean, we you know, it's funny. We talk about that. There's uh, we put it in the set. If I, if I forget to put it in the set, the guys after the night go, hey, man, put she said back in there. Like, it's one of those that they enjoy, we enjoy playing and you can actually see the audience reacting to it. So thank you for the kind words, but um, yeah, that's a, that's a special one for me. Um, and it's one of two songs I've ever written the lyrics before I wrote the music. Oh, wrote, really? Yeah. Wrote that never. I wrote the lyrics first and I was like, I got to make a song out of this because I was just writing about my mom and papa. So 
it's just flowing. So I was like, oh, what do I, what do I do now? I don't know how to go this direction. <laughs> well, and you know, it just goes along with, uh, I mean, you guys have had some really great, um, luck's not the right word, but, uh, but the soundtrack live, you know, the, the soundtrack world that you all have lived in and tremble and then the varsity blues and all that stuff. I mean, that's, you know, as, as a rock fan, B-sides have always been one of my big favorite things, you know, searching out those little nuggets. There's, there's nothing wrong with luck and music or life in general. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy. With, don't, don't be ashamed of that word. I'm cool with it. Well, that's a, that's a cool, if, if ever there is the, uh, the B-side record that, that, that you guys, uh, that are, you know, have lying around, I'll be first in line for that one too. So that's. We've thought about that. We, there's so many songs, you know, when you, you play now, when we've recorded, we've released 11 studio recordings, we have three in the can and we're about to make a fourth one in January. You know, you get ahead of yourself. You, of course you have to play the songs that got you on that stage, but you're so excited. You want to play those other songs. We talked about that. Maybe we just release just, I don't know. I don't even consider them B-sides. We, we've never considered B-sides. That's, the guys would not allow me to do that. If I brought in, like I told you earlier, if I bring in something, there's no, it has to be right. It just does. It's just, that's their, you know, level of what they expect out of me as I expect out of them. So I don't, B-sides are funny. I mean, I think songs that I wish would have been heard more, I like that. B-sides, you know, it, I don't know. I'm not a B-side guy. I like the hunt. I do. I like to think. I like to think that everything we do is ace. <laughs> hey, we, we you talk Beatles. You know, it's a double A side. That's that's what double they had. I like. Oh, I like that. That's double what you a. call the album, Double A. That's, a, that's it. I like that. Some version of that. Um, I know we run out of time, but I quickly got. You said you have three albums in the can. We did. What? I mean, here you are. You know, we're talking about that run of the '90s, and here you're still doing it. Like. What can you tell me about those? Because you you can't bait me with that like that. Well, then, and I, I have no problem. We have one. It's called Open. The title, right? The working title is Open, and um, we recorded that. I get lost on time. Either last summer or the summer before, and then recorded one called Anniversary. Right after that, recorded that in two weeks, and then we did the piano record that I told you about. We did earlier this year. And then we're actually going to Palm Springs in January to record Elvis's house, which, you know, he only owned two homes, of course, one in Graceland, but he owned one in Palm Springs. And we met the gentleman that owned that house and nobody's been in that house since Elvis passed. So it's just empty and we're going in there recording. No one's recorded music except Elvis. And we're going the whole month of January, we have Elvis's house in Palm Springs. So I've been busy writing again. So actually that's what I've been doing the last two days, putting together demos of the song, new songs for the guys so they can kind of get aware of where I'm going. Now, what's the trajectory? Like, is are you all looking at like five-year plan, seven-year plan, or is this just like year by year? I just make music. You know, I let the, the minds of business do what they do, but we like staying busy. And you know, I told you this last time we talked, like we're extremely strange band we we enjoy each other we like each other we love each other i mean we're brother my brother's in the band but i mean we really enjoy our comp company with each other it's just a weird dynamic i mean that we, the good thing is you know now everybody's found their own homes my brother lives in san diego johnny and indy jesse in nashville will is way south of atlanta state atlanta but i mean back in the day when we all lived in atlanta we get home from tour and be exhausted the next day go hey what are you doing what are you doing what are you doing let's go hang out you know <laughs> it's you know it's a camaraderie ship that 
is amazing. I think that's what has sustained us for so long. We all benefit from it as fans. Mm, I certainly you. appreciate that. And it's so exciting just to know that, uh, that there is so much more in the pipeline. But in the meantime, I don't want to uh, gloss over what's out right now. Vibrate. Uh, it's such a great oh, record. Yeah, please don't. We're very proud of that record. Very extremely proud of that record. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. Absolutely. And I will every time. Uh, I love this one. And sir, thank you so much, as always, for taking the time to talk about it. Same, buddy. Thank you so much, as always. My thanks, as always, to Ed Roland. The new Collective Soul record is called Vibrate. New for now. Plenty on the way is what it sounds like. Dig further into my series here, the uh, Kyle Merithwist series, uh, to find more interviews. Uh, Ed and I have talked uh, many, many times over the years. So if you're a fan, uh, there's lots more to find deeper in this series. Uh, but thanks to you for uh, for checking out this episode, at least. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button while you're hanging around. Again, I'll give you three new interviews every week, new and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, at Spotify and Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Then after that, head over to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres and music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the old social media spots, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all three of them. The address is at Kyle Meredith. Do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Consequence Podcast Network. Uh, what do you call it? Functional, dysfunctional family kind of thing? It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.